I remember having this conversation with him and he was like, I'm up there, I'm, I'm performing something, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, he's like, I'm up there, I'm performing something that I, that I thought up in my head and I'm trying to find new ways to present these ideas to people. And that's what artists do. That's right. You know, and I'm gonna, so it's all mediums. Gonna, yeah, you know? stand up is one medium. Sketch is one medium. Yeah, uh, poetry is slam poetry. Yes, yeah, haikus, yeah. iambic pentameter. Yeah, you know, is it a drama film? What are we doing? Are, yeah. we, doing, are we making a play? Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe I'm doing watercolors today. You might laugh at the watercolor. Yeah, it's still hey. it's all it's all just art. So it's we're all, all art. artists here. We're all making stuff. We're all showing it to people. I've always felt the term artist sort of encompasses like everybody that is. Is, or someone that's creative in more than one specific field, but you can obviously label anyone as an artist. Yeah. But I feel like if you do several things, which you do, that's more of a an artist. Yeah. Sure, sure. Like when they're like, NBA Youngboy is a dope artist. I'm like, artist? <laughs> <laughs> I had this conversation yesterday with people uh, like my age. Keith, it was Kevin's birthday yesterday, our friend Kevin, and uh, the guy that held the boom mic for about three oh, hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout outs to Kevin. Hey, yeah. man, happy birthday. Bless him. Happy birthday, Kevin. And you know what he was Art. doing before his birthday yesterday was going to a, uh, the uh, Proud Boy rally. He was the on Proud the Boy side rally. of light to protest those dudes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what they were. Sure. What is this? They just Proud all look Boy? like Conor McGregor. They're they're dudes that wear MAGA hats and Fred Perry shirts. Yeah, they're like a slightly less racist uh, enclave of Trump supporters. But... Oh, they're definitely no, racist. No, of course, they yeah. just dog whistle it instead of saying it explicitly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they have so... Latin members. <laughs> I love that. I was like, no, that's just Catholics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're actually not allowed to say Latin anymore. Sure, sure. They're just they have, religiously. Uh, they're not Latinx. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're white Latinos. They're <laughs> from Mexico City. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's, uh, yeah, so shout outs to Kevin, and you know him from holding the boom mic on one of your, uh, one of the projects. Yeah. Oh, by the way, today we have uh, the one and only Quincy Ledbetter as our special guest. On Eat, Pray, Judge, and Quincy is a musician, filmmaker, artist, artist. capital A. Yeah. Quintu- quintuple threat <laughs> in the industry, in the business. Yes, yeah. and we and also makes hilarious sketches. Oh, thank so, you. That means a lot coming from y'all. That means a lot. Hey. That... <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're really happy to have you on the show today. And you picked a, a fun movie for us to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good times. Uh, yeah, I mean, this movie yeah. is all rainbows, sunshine. <laughs> uh, r- very uplifting, almost like a Mr. Holland's opus. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, I yeah. ran, I ran laps after it. <laughs> I was just, I was, I was like, I'm never having kids, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty inspired to not have children. Now. So, uh, so you know, with no further ado, let's uh, let's name the film that you picked up. Prisoners, Prisoners, which yeah. was, came out in 2013, mm-hmm. but and it was directed by Denise. Villain. Denis. 
Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. French, Canadian or French. Uh, yeah. Denis who, Villeneuve. Who we know from Sicario. Yeah. And from, uh, so that's awesome. He's yeah. a heavy hitter. And he also did the Blade Runner sequel. Yeah, Blade just Runner 2049. Out. Both amazing films. And yeah. a lot of people don't know his first film, which is called Incendias. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that movie. I didn't know it either. Um, I, and this is how I stumbled upon Denis. Um, I had just started dating my now wife. Yuki. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> how long have you two been married? Uh, five and a half years. I can't believe that I'm just finding out about this. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yo, Quincy keeps his cards close to his back. And you, you, you come over, hang day. out with us, and I'm like, this man is single. He's out here ready to mingle. <laughs> that's not true, but uh, that's funny. <laughs> I don't want to character assassinate you that yeah, way. But you, but uh, definitely. Anyway, congratulations. Five and a half years. Yeah, five and a half. Years. Yes, I've um, met her. She's lovely. Yes, She's Love, lovely human being. Yeah. Wow, um, man. So you're letting Sammy in on your life, and I'm over here. In we the were car. we were editing uh, a, ske- yeah, a yeah. sketch we filmed. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, we. It was like. And actually, this is before we started dating. I, I'm not going to bore you with the details of how we met, but like I was trying to find reasons to hang out with her again because I was digging her, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to a movie tonight. You want to come? You can come if you want. You know, that kind of thing. Trying to play it cool." And she was like, "Oh, there's this, um, there's this movie I heard of called uh, in in something in 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 so she couldn't pronounce it." Um, so I was like, yeah, let's go check that out. And we accidentally went to see Insidious. Uh, that's what I thought you were talking yeah. about, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, we went to see Insidious, which is, uh, you know. Very horror. different. Yeah, very different movie. Totally. Um, Yo, I went on a first date to the movie Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Seven is a great movie. I know. See, this is me, because, like, a good movie is a good movie. I could watch a good movie anytime. Yeah. That's right. You know? Uh Fuck all this like date movie stuff. Like Seven is a great first date movie. Yeah, because it's heady, it's cerebral. It's like if she can deal with a a big uh, dude who's spilling uh, fucking spaghettios out of his ripped, torn open stomach, then she's good. Yeah, that's a keeper. And Yuki can handle that. Um, (laughs) So we went to see Insidious. Sure, but I believe that we meant to see Incendious, which is not Insidious, but it's Uh, also a word. Yeah, it's also a word. Um, but it's Denis Villeneuve's first film, and it's amazing. It's unreal. Uh, and I was like, I have to like follow this guy and learn everything that he's doing. And then I saw a couple of his other films, or one of his other films, I forget which one it was. And then I stumbled upon Prisoners because I was like, oh shit, I missed this one. You know? Yeah, I missed it too. I had no idea. Uh, and I looked at the cast. And it's full of heavy hitters, mm-hmm. and it came out in 2013. Yeah, and I, I it just slipped completely under my radar. I think I was still reeling from Coney 2012 yeah. uh, viral videos. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wasn't paying attention to anything happening in 2013. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So> actually, um, <laughs> it is Jake Gyllenhaal's best performance, sure. in my opinion. Do you think it's better than Jake in Nightcrawler? That everyone says that Nightcrawler is a close second. Okay, but I think. Prisoners is is more muted, you know. There's stuff that he's doing physically yes. in that movie mm-hmm. that like that he knows what's going on, but no one else knows what's going on. And as a director, I love actors who do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, who, he's like, not flashy. He's not telegraphing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's not showing you all the effort 
He's yeah. not showing you the work. Exactly. He's just giving you the final product. Exactly. He's he is Loki. Detective Loki, he's that guy. He had a lot of say in his own character. Like the facial tics that he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. It took me a couple of, uh, you know, scenes to see him doing that. And I was like, okay, that's obviously like a choice that he's making. Yeah. Tattoos were his idea. Mm -hmm. um, And and the facial tics were his idea. Which, you know, I think that's what good actors do. Yeah. They bring something different. Imagine imagine the character without that neck tattoo. You can't. You can't. That's right. He's a totally different person. And... They don't like showcase it. You just see like the top half right. of it over its collar, like the tip of an iceberg poking out of a calm, exactly. calm water. Exactly. Yeah, that's well, that's great movie making, man. <laughs> now, do you think this movie slipped under people's radar because of the year that it came out or the time period that it came out? Because I feel like in 2013 we were sort of saturated with films like this. That I was telling Gabe earlier, there was sort of like a dime a dozen in these like psychological thriller mm-hmm. style films where like you don't know. What's going to be good and what's you know? Yeah, you have to sift through it. Uh, but like you said, the cast is pretty incredible in yeah. this one. I mean, Dan, Paul Dano, is, yeah, that guy is amazing. Doing his best, like subdued, yeah. like a hybrid of like M- Michael Jackson and yeah. David Koresh <laughs> is exactly what he reminded me of. Like autistic me. Michael Jackson, it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what was so? What was going on in this year, two thousand thirteen? I'm glad you asked, Gabe. Yeah. So many things. Uh, the internet crashed. Uh, Google specifically went down for five minutes, taking 40% of all the internet tra- internet traffic with it. Wow. Which must have been crazy. Uh, how did people feel about this? I don't know. I think a lot of people were lost in the subway. They <laughs> 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 have, have to ask people. People were getting no information. Yeah, zero information. Yeah. Bitcoins were developed. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by an anonymous software designer. It's called Satoshi. Now, not, not anonymous. Satoshi... Uh, Nakamoto. So okay. that was, Which uh, sounds like a fake Japanese. It, it really I'm sure that's probably not his it's name. It's like some <laughs> like some white seventeen year old like Kitoshi Nakamoto. It's, you know? it's <laughs> like, gamer. Yeah, some gamer. <laughs> I um, uh, I like that. Bitcoins are uh, they're almost like it's like Tamaguchi's but for your money. <laughs> <laughs> uh women in twenty thirteen were uh earned sixty percent of the bachelor's or master's degrees. Uh, that were about uh, sorry bachelor's degrees that were awarded in the United States, so that was something. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the gender gap, education so, yeah, has been broken, shattered. I'd more, say at more, this point, more women are getting BAs than men. Yeah, I think since 2013. Now I think graduate degrees as well. Uh, Star Wars was translated into Navajo in 2013 for oh. the uh, two movie theaters <laughs> near Navajo reservations yeah. in the United States of America. <laughs> Uh, it was the first major motion picture to ever be translated into uh, a native any Native American language. That's uh, an That's admirable really thing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, sure. I did not know that. That's very cool. Why That's much better that? than sort of like what I think the Silicon Valley nerd dream would be. That they're like, we're gonna we're gonna translate this movie into uh, Klingon. Yeah, Klingon, I was yeah. supposed to say that. Klingon. Let's, like, let's, let's get in this cuddle puddle and translate it yeah. into uh, it a movement. Dothraki. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I got you. What what else do you have for me? Uh, Twenty years of of sodas being the number one beverage in America, or ousted soda was ousted by water <laughs> in an As attempt to be. make us healthier, which is kind of unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but sure. this sounds like a Michelle Obama push for health. <laughs> 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 that coupled with like a Michael Bloomberg, like we're gonna have a soda tax in yeah. in New York, and then Michelle's like, "Look, we need to eat vegetables, and y'all need to drink water." Yeah. So she's like on the real. 
It, just drink more water. Stay hydrated. <laughs> uh, well, I got a creepy one for you. Yeah, uh, Ariel Castro. Uh, you may not remember his name, but he was a man in Cleveland who, uh, at, between the years 2002 and 2004, he kidnapped uh, three women uh, and held them captive yeah. in his home. Oh, and right. one of them, he got pregnant, and she gave birth while imprisoned. And uh, they escaped from... Uh, his house on May fifth, two thousand May sixth, two thousand thirteen. Is this the one where the guy McDonald's has something to do with this, right? Yes. Yeah. There well, Wait, what? This. his next door neighbor went viral. Yeah. And his next door neighbor was the Good Samaritan. They called the cops. Yeah. And they interviewed him and he's like just a funny character. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh so yeah, this, Mc- this... where does McDonald's come into play though? Like he had I can't. Uh, look. He was eating McDonald's or something. I'm I'm ruining this, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the creeps are out there, and that made people really scared. Yeah. That brought back this idea of like oh, like long term imprisoned people. Yeah, who you think have gone missing? You think they're dead? Mm-hmm. But no, that are just like just like how um, some people are still looking for uh, MIAs in Vietnam. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's people who've gone missing. Uh, up to a decade ago, that are might just be living chained in, up in someone's basement yeah, right now. Exactly, you know, being fed nutrients, yeah, and vitamins, and they've got like little grow lamps in there so they get their vitamin D. Because <laughs> you need to get some sunlight. Or yeah, you get too. sad. You, you got get seasonal too. affective disorder. Yeah, and you're not going to get any sun. Like unless you're in an attic with a skylight, being held captive, you're not getting yeah. your sunlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of that in prisoners too. Yeah, I was going to say, this, this might be the crazy. best transition in yeah, e, yeah, e yeah, pray yeah. judge history right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like it was done on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I had other things to talk about. No, too. no, we were talking about those things. I, I feel like I knew that he he wasn't purposely doing that transition. Yeah, I wasn't purposely it was, doing it. It was like, too good. No, it's just, uh, you know, when we... It's funny because whenever we have to pick like things that happened that year, uh-huh. Sammy picks like really fun, like quirky, like news of the weird <laughs> stories, and I, for whatever reason, I just get real dark. Like, yeah, not even on purpose. Just the first thing my eyes go to is like marathon bombers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like those, those two crazy Chechnyan boys. Yeah. who decided to set off pressure cookers in was Boston. that also 2013? Yeah, 2013. Jeez, that's this a lot was, happened. A huge year for uh, terrorism in the U.S. too. Yeah, domestic violence, uh, domestic terrorism rather, uh, and domestic violence with Ariel Castro. Yeah, and then uh, not only that, but Edward Snowden made a huge splash this year as well uh, when he leaked the NSA uh, Prism um, program, and he he talked about the Prism program, which was our, a secret surveillance program uh, that the United States has set up to uh, to read. Uh, American citizens' emails, and so he's a whistleblower for that. Um, it's a big deal. We never talk about it. It happened yeah. under Obama. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs to uh, the Prism program. Everybody yeah. look that up. Uh, also, Yo, shout out to the Prism program. Yeah, don't know why you all ever trusted the government. Yeah. It was never better. It's right. always been as bad as it is yeah. now. Um, oh, but. Um, you know, Miley Cyrus uh, introduced twerking to white girls oh, this year as God. well. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on that. I like oh. when, when Gabe goes lighthearted. I can't. There we go. <laughs> Fuck Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, she posted a bunch of videos that went viral with her shaking that, that skinny booty. Yeah. Yeah. 
Pancake and, uh, butt. And because, then her, ha- because her career was failing. Sure. She was shit. She decided to appropriate black culture. Exactly. And that got her famous again. And then when once she was famous, she abandoned the culture. She, like, shit on the culture. Really? I fucking hate Miley Cyrus. Now, I think this is a, a textbook thing that white... Uh, child pop stars do mm-hmm. and it is that they're they're cute like sex symbols for pedophiles and like mm-hmm. little girls <laughs> yeah until they're about you know 16 17 and yeah, then 16, at that 17. moment they ha- they have to rebrand themselves as bad bad girls mm-hmm. or boys to um to get like to, to sort of sell their sex again yep. to normal people mm-hmm. and then uh, then they start failing because they're seen as corny mm-hmm. and then they appropriate uh, black culture. Black for like culture. two or three years, yeah. yeah, black or Latino culture. <laughs> but it's I can't imagine like Justin Bieber doing narco corridos. You yeah, know? like I can't imagine him wearing like a ten gallon hat and yeah. like, those big points, <laughs> those giant pointy boots. Yeah. <laughs> However, you're absolutely right. So yeah. it's like it's sort of like appropriating um, some some POC uh, culture mm-hmm. uh, to get that street cred back, yeah. and then. After they they create the controversy mm-hmm. around that, both positive and negative, then they they find Jesus. Yeah, they become they re-virginize themselves, yeah. and they go, "I'm going clean. I, I've 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 gone on the journey. I've come out the other end of the maze. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, now I'm ready to enter mainstream respectability politics, white society. Yeah, absolutely." Boom. So Miley Cyrus is also responsible for the worst episode of Black Mirror <laughs> I've ever seen. And I will never forgive her for it. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that. You know, I'll never forgive uh, Robin Williams for being in the movie Hook. <laughs> I'm one of the only people that likes Hook. Oh my I god, this great. is such a hot topic on this podcast. Gabe hates it. Yeah. I couldn't watch it just based on the Keith Richards, uh, Dustin Hoffman looking character. Yeah. yeah, gave yeah, me yeah, weird, yeah. creeped out vibes. Yeah, well, Dustin Hoffman, I, I, it's one of those things where I didn't recognize that that was Dustin Hoffman until I saw it when I was older. He's yeah. the only and I was good. Like, oh, shit, I love Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman in that movie. Yeah, and Bob Hoskins as Shmi. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. But any any time they cut back to old Robin Williams, <laughs> I'm so sad. Robin Williams has always been old though. <laughs> yeah, he's always looked the same. Peter, like, and then they kill Rufio mercilessly. Yeah, and nobody even cares. Bang ring. Yeah. That's what they said, right? Oh, God, I'm triggered when you say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bangarangs. Um, hell yeah, dude. So here we are. It's 2013, and the world is ready for a ray of sunshine. Yeah. And that... <laughs> And the and the light the light that it is shown in all the movie theaters mm-hmm. is the prisoners. prisoners so yeah. what a what a great movie! This is a really uh, good movie if you want a gloomy meditation on morality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's about it, to me it's about faith. It's a criminal procedural with uh, twists and turns, and it reminds me a lot of Seven yep. and True Detective, mm-hmm. and then also shows that I watch uh, The Killing. At Mystic River mm. and, oh, Mystic, um, yeah, yeah. and Gone, Baby Gone. Yeah. If you like that kind of atmosphere or tone, this is a perfect movie for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's a near. It's, it's in my opinion, it's a near perfect film. It's it's. I love crime dramas mm-hmm. because of the thought that has to go into them. You know what I mean? Uh, and this this movie's like a web. You know what I mean? A lot like Seven. A lot like Gone Baby Gone, you know, and 
from a storytelling perspective and from a technical standpoint, I just think it's a perfect film. I think it's amazing, which is why I chose it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's there. It's rife with debatable, you know, subject matter. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Problematic. Yeah. I don't know, but it, that's and, not the right word, but it, yeah. it is disturbing. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but but I mean, I think what you said with, you know, it's like a, a morality compass. So like, there's a lot to talk about within the, you know, yeah, we could talk about, plot. uh, uh, religion mm-hmm. as a, as a big topic in this yeah. movie. And, yeah. uh, you know, it starts, this film starts, uh, on Thanksgiving Yeah, mm-hmm. and it goes through the holiday season. So it reminds me too of maybe like a Christian, uh, pageant, almost a medieval, uh, view of christian holidays yeah because they weren't always fun uh times where you like it's not all about getting gifts it's not all about like sinbad and arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) fighting over a doll at a store for their kids holiday adventures yeah yeah the holidays are a time to reflect on you know your relationship to god and yeah or or, and whatever that means you know yeah and or sacrifices are you too religious i was raised with uh catholicism yeah i was raised baptist i was actually raised Baptist slash Methodist, um, and that's probably why I'm not religious. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to Catholic school. That didn't last long, though. Yeah, I lost my religion. Yeah. Are you still? Lo- I'm losing my religion. Yeah, currently. I you're think... still you're still in the mix, though. So you're still in the game. You're still are you, are you a mo- religious moderate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm out here. I'm still swinging. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still waiting for that Jesus home run. Yeah, there's gotta be something bigger out there than us. Just hedging your bets on Jesus. <laughs> Um, I'm all in. The interesting thing about prisoners, and I think this is what you're alluding to, is like the the first dialogue in the movie is a prayer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's it's Hugh Jackman praying before they kill something. Yeah, yeah, you know, they kill a deer, and you so you immediately know that this guy um, is religious, diehard religious, because he you know prays over his food before he fucking kills it. But then where he goes. Where he ends up mentally and morally in the movie is like, how did that guy end up like this? Right. You know what I mean? But see, that's what I think. This is, like, I made, a, I wrote down that that's the scary point to me within this movie is that if you believe what you're doing is right, and you, yeah. then then that's it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. You can't convince people yeah. otherwise, and like that's what scares me about religious zealots in general. Yeah. Like they really Same. truly believe that they're doing the right thing. That's the terrifying aspect of absolutely of, of that. You know of fanatical yeah. extremism yeah. so before we get any further a brief synopsis for anybody that hasn't seen the movie is oh, that yeah. we, we're following a, a guy named keller dover who is played by hugh jackman <clears throat> and it is thanksgiving uh keller goes hunting with his son they kill a deer they come back to the house where he's with he has a wife and he has a younger daughter and they go to their next door neighbor's house for thanksgiving um somewhere over the course of the day his daughter and his neighbor's daughter Neighbor played by Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. In the most understated yeah. Terrence Howard role yeah. ever. He's not overdoing it. No, movie. it no, is not won. hard out here for a pimp his, in this movie. His he best is, performance. I would agree. That's the best I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen him. Yeah. He, yeah. Totally, totally. So he's he's definitely not playing. He's not uh, in Iron Man. He's not in Hustle and Flow. Yeah. Or Empire. Or fucking Empire. <laughs> <laughs> understated (laughs) Terrence Howard. Really cool. So anyway, uh, Terrence's uh, daughter and Hugh Jackman's daughter get kidnapped, and the rest of the film is Hugh Jackman taking the law into his own hands, trying to find uh, out 
who abducted his daughter during that crucial window of time. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you don't find him in the first 48, it's a wrap. Yeah. And the and parallel to his own investigation uh, to find his daughter is um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Detective Loki, is also on the case looking for uh, the victims mm-hmm. and trying to solve the crime. Yeah. And so we basically, we've got two protagonists in this movie. We've got uh, Loki and Dover, and they're using their own unique methods to try to solve the case. But really, uh, it's full of twists and turns, and like mm-hmm. you said, it's, it's a spider web. It uh, sprawls out, and another way we can look at it is it, it's like a maze. Or yeah. A oh, labyrinth. Yeah. Oh. I see what you did this there. This is a yeah. labyrinthine film. Yeah, you Ch- chock this. full of... Outstanding performances. Outst- amazing. Every, like everybody in this movie. Yeah. Was Juicy. Great. They're all Juicy. doing perfect great for stuff. Melissa yeah. Leo. Jesus. Who even knew? Yeah. No. Yeah. She was. She was in the Fighter. I think a couple of years prior. Won yeah. an Oscar for it. Yeah. She's. Uh, She's great. Yep. In the fighter. He let that her make some choices. She didn't want to have her glasses cleaned in between days of shooting. Really? Yeah. She was like, no, I'll leave them dirty. I think it added a lot. That's huh. so gross. Because you, you notice right. right here, I keep my I keep my lens cleaners on the uh, yeah, I <laughs> interview table because here. crazies don't clear their clean their glasses, Gabe. No, yeah. their vision is clouded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but let's. So we were before we jumped into the synopsis. We we brought up like Hugh Jackman's character Keller Dover, yeah. and uh, he's um he's an interesting dude. He's very religious. Like yeah. the first thing that he did was uh, give a prayer. Yeah. Um, he's also a a. What, we as the audience are meant to like identify and sympathize with him because it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. It's Wolverine. Yeah. And he's <laughs> he's presented as normal. Everything about mm-hmm. him is is not judged by the filmmaker. Like mm-hmm. you know, he he comes off as a very naturalistic performance, but he's very religious. He's a doomsday prepper. Yeah, doomsday prepper. And he yeah. brings that up in his first conversation with his son. Mm-hmm. And uh he is he said what well, I had I had this idea that, like, um, I'll get to it later, but he's also patriotic. Yeah. Uh, his wife says, what's your favorite song? His favorite song is the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. Yeah. He said that it's not, though, at one point. He was like, it's not my favorite song. Yeah. yeah. And he started singing, and he couldn't He couldn't deal with it being yeah. butchered by Terrence. <laughs> but then there's this part. To that point, there's a part where, and I hope I'm not jumping around too much, where Paul Dano's character gets released after being in holding. Yeah. And... Before Hugh Jackman, when Hugh Jackman is attacking him, he's yelling, I'm a free man. I'm a free man. You know what I mean? Because they're they're trying to pull him off him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like really dope character building. Hugh Jackman says, I'm a free man. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's yelling over and over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a freeman. Yeah. (laughs) And he's a a carpenter. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm not going to say he's Jesus-like, but that's a a biblical um, profession to have. Uh, his, fa- but we get so much backstory about him, um, and it's not ever given an exposition. It's, mm-hmm. it's just dribbled, dribbled out. Yeah, and, uh, offhanded comments and stuff. Like his father was a prison guard. Yeah. So already you're like, oh, you come from like a piece of shit family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you know what? What type of a fucking monster becomes a yeah. prison guard? So yeah. like that's telling like you know the Rick fruit. Ross. Of, yeah, gross. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it, he and his father killed himself. Yep. And then we go to his father's house that's abandoned now, mm-hmm. and that is a chaotic labyrinth. It's place. a full, it's a full-on apartment building. Yeah, yeah, it is. So he was a landlord too, man. Yeah, what a gross human being. So he's a prison guard and a landlord. Yeah, yeah. yuck. 
So uh, so that is the the soil from which uh, Keller Dover, you know, sprouted. Yeah. Right. And that and then so everything that he does now in his life to be patriotic and to be a, in control mm-hmm. and to be a good father and religious feels like it's a a reaction to like exactly. him trying to overcompensate yep. for coming from this sort of chaotic yeah negative past and as you know i write and direct my films building character that artfully that perfectly is near impossible to do yeah it's near impossible to do and to your point like none of that stuff is done through dialogue you know Keller Owen, you know Keller's right. dad was. You know what I mean? And he's an alcohol. He's an ex drinker. Ex drinker, right? A, yeah. And uh, Amber actually brought up he's a he's a what is it? A dry drunk? Have yeah. you heard that term? No, no. So a dry drunk is somebody that's given up drinking, but has not uh, necessarily dealt with the underlying mm-hmm. reasons for their yeah. drinking, or like they're still they're still assholes. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It hasn't changed their personality. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and Keller is a, an un he he's he's found God. Yeah, and he's found these more simplistic um, rules to live by: mm-hmm. be it patriotism or being a good a patriarch. Yeah, and he's real. He leans hard into them. Yes, you almost get a sense that he never went to AA. He just got re- really into like protecting his family. Really yeah. into like carpentry. Really yeah. into religion. You know? It's it's a pre therapeutic, uh, pre psychoanalytical uh, view of recovery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of recovering <laughs> addicts tend to throw themselves into multiple other oh, yeah, projects yeah, yeah, yeah. or things yeah. that they just have you know just to completely engulf all their time mm-hmm. into one thing so they can't actually you yeah, know, yeah. focus on the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So we see in, in Keller, I see almost like an old Testament faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. or a fundamentalist faith. Oh, absolutely. You absolutely. Know, these are the rules. I don't know why I follow them, but they work mm-hmm. to, to keep me from backsliding into the chaos that was yeah. like my home life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've got him and then, uh, and then Loki. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you guys ready to talk about him for a minute? Oh yeah, talk about Loki. Yes. Yeah. Well, Norse 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 mythology is where this character came from, dude. Can we talk about? So this is my favorite god, and I hate what Marvel <laughs> Comics has done to him. But so you know, or even Christianity has like a, has this duality between like God, good God, and Satan as a yeah. bad god. Yep. But with Norse mythology, there is no binary like that. So Loki is as good or bad as Zeus, uh, not as Zeus, as Odin or mm-hmm. as Thor. And he's such a cool character because he was a he was a giant who lived outside of Asgard. Mm. So he's a foreigner to that to the rest of the gods, mm. and the rest of the gods hate ogres. So it's almost like a racism thing between yeah. the, the Azar and the um, and the ogres and giants, and then Zeus. I keep messing this up with the Greeks, but <laughs> Odin, he loved traveling. He would like slum it, backpack yeah. through all of the other realms, wearing a you know a, a big hat to hide his identity. Mm-hmm. He ran into Loki, and he's like, "Hey, man, you're pretty cool. I love hanging with you. Why don't we become blood brothers?" And Loki's like, "I don't know, man. The rest of your family hates me." Yeah. He's like, "No, no, <laughs> you got my protection. Like, we become blood brothers, and you can hang out and live in Asgard." Yeah. So Loki is this. Uh, racially different foreigner mm-hmm. who's best friends with Odin who all of the other gods don't like trust. Yeah. But he's the fun but 
what he brings to the table is that he's funny. Yeah. So he adds all of the joy and entertainment to their lives. Mm. And every t- and they're all dumb as bricks. They're the worst. <laughs> so every time other ogres and giants start attacking Asgard, Loki is the one who finds the sneaky, lawyerly way mm-hmm. to get them out of the pickle that they're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they never give him the credit. <laughs> yeah. So he always has to sort of pay this psychic debt later yeah. for saving the day. Mm-hmm. So he's like this tragic hero mm-hmm. in all of the stories. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and I thought about him, like, you know, reading, reading about him as a kid, I was like, oh, Loki's like an immigrant. You know, he like he shows up in Asgard. He gets citizenship. <laughs> he's always expedited the, the process for his citizenship. Yeah, yeah. But he's always somehow uh, like seen as kind of other than because yeah. he's not the same race as everyone else uh, in Asgard. And he's the coolest character in all the stories because he's the one who can easily speak with the giants and the ogres and the elves. Yeah. And, uh, on, oh, and then the humans. So he, like, fits in any realm. Yeah. And uh, I thought about that character a lot when, or that god a lot when, you know, looking at mm. Jake Gyllenhaal's um, reading yeah. of, of this. That's interesting. I didn't know anything about Loki. Before. Yeah. It was, honestly, it was a story where he was protecting a child from a, a, a giant named Skrymir. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> all, the, all the other gods had given up. Odin, uh, you know... Yeah, and Honir have tried to stop this, you know, giant, and Loki didn't give up, and he's protecting the child. Yeah, so he saved the he's the uh, def- the hero. Yeah, and and I bet he didn't get any credit for it after that kid got dropped back off. He just yeah. got a weird, <laughs> a weird shout out in prisoners. <laughs> uh, so we should talk about Loki's character development because I oh, think yeah. he is. It's hard to pick the actual protagonists in this film. Although I would say that he's the most, the more virtuous. Of yeah, him. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And he's the most likable because he's not praying before he shoots a deer. In the yeah, <laughs> that kind of throws me off a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Well, we can get into that. Um, but he, he, the character choices that Jake Gyllenhaal made. We were talking about it a little bit before off, mm-hmm. off mic. Um, he, it's it's next level. Yeah. Acting, it's next level like dedication to the role. Right, it's next level like attention to detail. And I saw an interview where he said like, because you know he does that squinting thing. Mm-hmm. He said that, in, while he was researching the the part, he went down this rabbit hole, um, and he realized that highly intelligent people usually have ticks or something like that. And and he developed that tick to like keep in touch with his like intelligence mm-hmm. almost like and his frustration with everyone else around him is because he's so much smarter than them that he can't even like bring himself to talk to them on their level yeah. you know <laughs> and that's like why he why his relationship with the, the chief of police or whatever is like so contentious right because this guy comparatively is such a fucking dolt you know what I mean? He's just a bureaucratic pencil pushing. Guy. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's like Quote. moss growing on a log. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> concerned about quotas and budgets. Yeah. None of that actually matters when it comes to solving exactly. a very fucking important case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, and he, uh, so his character becomes, again, unre- un- is revealed over the course of the film. 
And at first, we see that little neck tattoo yeah. popping out over the collar of his mm-hmm. shirt, like the, the tip of an iceberg. Yeah, yeah. And then over the course of the film, you get to see other little details revealed about uh, about Lo- uh, Detective Loki, mm-hmm. one of which is that he's got runes on his fingers, that he has a Masonic Freemason uh, ring. ring. I never noticed the ring. Yeah. I've seen yeah. this movie a million times. I never noticed the ring. And so there, and he has a cross uh, also as a tattoo. Mm-hmm. So you look at, at first. I thought, oh, this is an old punk, hardcore punk rock kid. Mm-hmm. But then uh, you, he also was uh, spent some of his time in a boys' home. Yeah. So that means he's an orphan. Yeah. Who's probably traumatized in a situation like that too, uh, and and but instead of that turning him into a monster, it it turns him into a, a seeker of other men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a searcher, uh, someone like a shepherd. Yeah. Who's trying to find the lost sheep? Yep, yep. and uh, he's able to integrate that painful past into into something positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, whereas uh, Keller is a guy who believes in one Christian God, yeah, all of these symbols make Loki seem like more cosmopolitan. Yeah, you know, uh, there's like pagan stuff going on there. Clearly, the name, but then. One of the first things he does is that we see him talking to a uh, Chinese woman uh, waitress in mm-hmm. the uh, in the restaurant, and he asks her about her year from the Chinese zodiac. Yeah. So he's like interested <clears throat> in how other people's belief systems uh, dictate their relationship to others in the world around them. Yeah, that was actually my favorite scene. Well, his his introduction I thought was perfect because mm-hmm. he seems so odd and off yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. but like hyper intelligent. Yeah, so you kind of understand a little bit about his character. Yeah, like yeah, sort yeah. Of, the curiosity. Yeah. behind it too. Like he's well, which yeah, I think is like a byproduct of him being incredibly intelligent. Yeah. And is like you know his inability to really talk to people on a normal level. His yeah. interaction with her was awkward. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. At best, yeah. but like you get <laughs> you get a good sense of who he is almost right. immediately. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Bound by one you know moral compass basically. Yeah, he's not imposing his belief system on the world around him. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. asking others what right. their belief system is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's the yeah, opposite yeah. of Keller. Yeah. The anti-Keller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. um, yeah, and that's why they bump heads so much. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I thought it was strange. I, I found a, a weirdly sort of – the beginnings of this film, after the girls are abducted initially – it becomes not about the fact that two girls were abducted. It becomes about the white girl who was abducted. Yeah. You, you realize that? Like oh, yeah, early yeah, yeah. on, I was yeah. just like, they don't even mention the fact that the other girl is gone. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you know, it, it, and that's I, I don't know whether that was like a conscious decision they made or just how it played it. out. But like nobody cared about the black girl that was gone. I doubt it. it all you know the what news I mean? Was about yeah. I and I, you know part of that is like I don't know, you know, I, I I'm editing I'm. As we record this, I'm editing my first feature right now, mm-hmm. so I know full, I know firsthand like how things get cut from right. movies. So I can totally imagine that stuff might have been in the script, it might have been in the movie, and then some studio head was like, "We don't feel connected to, <laughs> right. we don't feel as connected to Terrence Howard's daughter as much as we would like. What if we like pulled back a little bit? You know what I mean? I could totally see that happening. So I don't right. want to." I don't want to point fingers at the filmmakers for that, but that is something that is like... Oh, absolutely. I don't... Yeah, yeah I couldn't tell. I mean, so, so much good content yeah. probably ends up yeah, yeah, on the floor. But yeah. also, that's what happens in real life. Agreed. That's you why know? I thought it was like... I was like, that seems yeah. about right to me. That's like, exactly a white girl and a black girl lost. Like That's exactly what would happen. You know? <laughs> like, what would have happened if baby Jessica, who got caught in the well, was black? Two-hour news story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not like a three-week-long siege. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. so white. So little. Get her out of that And then we look at this movie as like already two two hours and 20 minutes long. Yep. Something mm-hmm. like that. So they're... They're chopping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no, sure. The original was supposed to be, uh, what I read was over three hours. Yeah. I mean, what if Terrence Howard was somewhere watching this, fu- the final screening of this, and he's like, they got rid of my monologue? <laughs> they Which got happens. rid of the scene where I, I went to Costco with my family? They got rid of the whole Costco scene? 100%. I promise you there's stuff like that that they cut. There what people- about my love scene? It was in my contract. Yeah. They were going to show me smashing. There are full characters in my movie, and we're editing it right now that I'm cutting. Yeah, and oh, I'm just like, sad. yikes, that yeah. sucks. And like, it's crazy because you think this stuff has to be in the fucking movie, right? And then you start editing, you start watching the movie. It's like, yo, this doesn't need to be here at all. Is it mostly for flow, or is it budgetary? For flow, yeah, for flow. Um, so it's like you shoot a scene, you write a scene, you're like, yo, this is this is crushing. Yeah. This is great. This scene has to be in the movie. Then you shoot it. You're like, yep, we knocked that out of the park. Like, oh, yeah. This has to be in the movie. But then you put it in the movie and you watch it and you're like, oh, we can get to this stuff sooner. Right. You know? And then, you know, you don't, you don't want the actors to feel like they wasted their time. I, I'm really close to actors. I really love actors and like what they give to yeah. us, you know? Uh, but that's the mark but, of a good director, yeah, right? Yeah. You got to kill your babies. Kill when we were babies. filming sketches, I mean, so much of the stuff that I wrote was like, and then you just... You do so many takes, which yeah, I think yeah, is yeah. awesome, and you let people go, yeah. which is great. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the footage that the actors do on their own, the ad libs, are almost exactly. are way funnier than a contrived yeah. script, you know. And one thing you don't want is to keep that stuff in, and then the audience is like, "Oh, that part when Terrence Howard was talking, mm. that sucked," and because <laughs> then they'll be like. Terrence Howard sucks in this movie. Which is right. unfair. Which Absolutely. Is not fair, exactly. So it's un- and less is sometimes more. Like, the most iconic characters in movies are, are uh, sometimes the ones where, they, where you only see them in four scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, I watch No Country for Old Men, oh. and uh, Woody Harrelson's character yeah. is in, like, two scenes. Yeah. Where he's like, I, I know Anton Chigurh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no way you can reason with that man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And, like, yeah. he has no... He doesn't really say anything else. But yeah, like man, I, I would watch a spinoff. It's um, just him. What's the movie with Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt? Um, the Mexican. The Mexican. Yeah. Um, the, the character Leon is super iconic in that. Okay. And he barely says anything. And again, he's in like three scenes, but he barely says anything. And there's a scene where um, a character is talking about Leon. He's like. Oh, you know Leon? I met him at a party once. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he tells this story about meeting this guy. It's like really unsettling, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just made him seem more iconic. And this guy, Leon, doesn't say anything in the movie. You only see him like twice. Exactly. It's it's what you leave to the imagination. Exactly. That matters. Who, who's the, yeah. the actor there? Was Who was Leon? Some black dude. Um... I know, okay, I remember yeah. that. Wasn't Gandolfini was in that as well? Gandolfini. Right? Yeah, Gandolfini is the one who was telling the story. That's right. Um, and then you find out, uh, I don't want to give it away for anyone that hasn't seen it, but it's it's great. That's I just great. thought that was an interesting thing that I, you know, with, with the two girls being missing, yeah. the focal point on one. Because, I, you know, it's, the wife's character, Hugh Jackman's wife, played by uh, something Bello, I forgot her on her name, yeah, but yeah. her character was basically supposed to be hysterical. Throughout the mm-hmm. at, at, you know duration yeah. of the film, 
Whereas I think that Terrence Howard and Viola Davis's characters were so much more developed within yeah. the context of the actual film itself. Yeah, yeah. And I thought those were probably the two two of the best performances I've yeah. seen out of either of those actors. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis was incredible. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to pinpoint, you know, how the story shifted that way. But I think it it's it's a you know judgment call on morality. So yeah, you yeah, watch yeah. these good people make tough decisions. Yeah. Or you know, and she made the most. Uh, the best point. She was like, "Look, we're not going to stop him. We're not going to help him. Yeah, but I'm okay with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going fucking yeah, completely biblical let's have here. Two, let's, I have two re- resolutions working at once here. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. Yeah, it's a uh, well, it's kind of like a like a centrist that's like, well, you know, uh, we have a war on terror. I, I'm whatever, whatever we do to find out yeah. who the uh, terrorists are. Just, just don't tell me. Just yeah. don't put it in the headlines. Right. Yeah, yeah." Totally. Jack Bauer. <laughs> Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. So, but I think that's, yeah, it's an interesting dilemma. Mm-hmm. You've got a very short window of time. What methods can you use to extract the information you need yeah. from people who, who are the suspects? How far are you willing to go? Right. Yeah. Know. And, uh, and, uh, we as the audience are complicit too. I was because I was like, yeah, man, yo. Put torture Paul Dano. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hot, is it hot water time? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. Hot water, cold water. Let's get it. Uh, the actress Give is me being... the information. Yeah. You know? If anything, I was like, just don't hit him in the head. Hit yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, torture, torture every other part of his yeah. body. Leave his head fine because yeah. you know you don't want him to get more uh, you know foggy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's already having trouble dishing out. Also, yeah. it was Maria Bella was the actress. Maria Bella. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that that's yeah. my fault. Yeah, but you also like. But at the point where Hugh Jackman takes Paul Dano's character, um, you know that he knows where those kids are. Oh, yeah. You know. Yes. There was never any doubt. He's also hurting an animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was okay. And like when 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 Paul Dano gets released and Hugh Jackman's like, I'm a free man, you know? Paul Dano says to him, like, they didn't cry until I left them. Right. So you know he knows. He does. So it like kind of justifies. Yes. What he's doing. So, like, as an audience Absolutely. member, you're like, yeah, fucking, you know, get the information from this yeah. guy. Yeah. You know? You've been let off the hook as an audience yeah, yeah, member yeah. Exactly. for rooting for uh, yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And, but yeah. would you do it? Would you do the same thing? That's the, the that's, question. That's what's interesting about it. Like, based on him hurting the dog and what he says in mm-hmm. that moment, and then he does know? Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. I mean, I feel like... I'm I'm on I'm I'm team team Viola here. Yeah, you know yeah, I yeah, might yeah. not partake, but I'm not going to stop it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like he he knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows where your daughters are. He is complicit and he's involved and he has the answers. Yeah, you absolutely get it. What's great is I don't know. You don't know what you do. I don't know what I would do. I mean, I, I feel don't like, know if I'd be Hugh Jackman, right, or Viola Davis, or if I would turn Hugh Jackman in, I have no idea. Would you See, tell Loki, if you were Hugh Jackman, like you heard this, what would you do? Would you tell the cops? Well, he did tell them. He did tell them. And then, and then they didn't, they weren't able and to And he was like, I talked to him, I asked him if he said it, he said he didn't, that's the best I can do. Which is, you know, you're watching the wheels of justice yeah. absolutely stay stagnant. Yeah. Like, don't, they don't do anything. So it's yeah. like, of course, that's what your next move is. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Exactly. Especially if you're a freeman and you hunt yeah. and you are prepared for a <laughs> yeah. post-apocalyptic. Yeah. I once had a chef that I worked with who was from Ohio and we were talking and he was like, we were talking about post-apocalyptic stuff and he's like, I can field dress a deer. 
He's yeah. like, which one of us do you think is going to last longer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was exa- I laughed at first, and I was like, damn, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Like my, my tender city pause. No, I remember <laughs> watching Into the Wild. And right. The guy's like starving to death in his bus in the middle of nowhere, and he like shoots a moose, and, he, and but he doesn't know how to like, yeah, what to do with it. What do you do? Yeah. So the meat yeah. all just goes rancid, yeah. and it's like, well, if you'd known, <laughs> sorry. I, I wrote down that I think that everyone should go through like a biblical survival uh, training camp for six weeks as a youth, just to see. If, That's just real. in case. I mean, you know, yeah, That's real. they're not all everyone wrong. Should learn to farm. Everyone should. You know. Now I'm saying everyone should learn this stuff. Right. Am I interested in learning it? No. But, but you know, it's better to know than to not know. Yeah, it's exactly. interesting learning to farm, whereas like you know, if, if the apocalypse comes, it's like learn how to raid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to loot, bro. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like hit these streets. Yeah. Cultivating the land versus like attack and murder. Yeah, yeah. death kill. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be like a, I want to be on a horseback like a Mongol. Yeah, yeah. that's really. True. I'm trying to learn how to shoot through. arrows backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's also included in my, uh, you know, yeah, 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 my yeah, mental yeah. image of what the Freeman survived yeah. for toddlers. Y'all, yeah. can, y'all can grow carrots in yeah. maze yeah. if you want. Karate. Also learn how to shoot a bow and arrow with your yeah. feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so the reason that I posed that question initially is like when you said it, I wrote it down too. I was like vigilante justice question mark. Mm-hmm. None of us have kids, right? No. See, I think it would be interesting to see your parents. I and mean, I have younger siblings, and I know that I would do whatever would be necessary to protect yeah. them ultimately. So I feel like, you know, if you talk to a mom. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, um, just earlier this week, my niece got really sick. Mm. She's uh, She just turned three. And my I, was, I called my brother, and I asked him, yeah, how's Julie doing? And he was talking about her pain as if it was his pain. Yeah. And he, he said, and, you know, she's just learning it speak and you know all that stuff and express herself and he said quince she kept saying daddy i'm scared and that gutted me yeah i was like (gasps) you know and i can't imagine that feeling being my brother because i'm her uncle you know what i mean i've met her like four four times you know what i mean right uh i can't imagine being my brother and hearing that and then i couldn't imagine being a father hearing my kids say that yeah yeah. I, I'd burn everything down. No, the reason you know? that we have no progress uh, towards a more um, just and equitable society is because we are, are stuck in family units. Mm. As soon as you have <laughs> Here children... Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> family uh, is a construct in... <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the family, we... Uh, uh, I, I think there... I'm going to make up the fact that there are studies out there, but after you have kids, you stop having empathy for other people. Because all of your empathy is pushed onto mm. your children. Hmm. So who cares about society anymore? The only thing that matters is your kid. I can, I can, I, I feel that with marriage. You know what I mean? Because like, and I, you know, I'm, you know, if this goes, if I get famous one day and people hear this, <laughs> it's going to come back to haunt me when I'm trying to run for president. Sure. Look, as long as my wife's business is fine, yeah. I'm fine. Fuck your emoluments yeah. clause. Dude, but seriously, like I, when Trump became president, right? Everyone was like, "Oh my god, we're doomed. We're finished." My initial thought was, "I gotta get all right so that the shit that he does doesn't affect us." Right. You know what I mean? I gotta get to a point where, like, he can fuck up the country, and I'm so good that we're good. 
prepper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, so but, you got you got a whole bunch of cornmeal in your basement. I lie. Like, I don't even know what that shit is. I just yeah. saw it in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and, and that uh, he's you know the 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 bonus of electing a or like the good part about electing a five year old racist is that he's basically just trying to undo what somebody else did for eight years. Yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. actually not really doing anything that that can be yeah not redone I very think, quickly. I think that and this is a whole other conversation. I think that what Trump is doing. Low key is going to stay with us for decades, and I think it's because he's made it. And this is why people vote for him, and they won't say this. And I don't have any studies to back this up, but I think that people vote for Trump because low key, not everyone, but low key, they're racist too, and Trump makes it okay. You know what I mean? Right. He makes it okay to feel, you know, if I were white. I would see Trump, I'd be like, oh, it's okay to have white pride. You know what I mean? Which is dangerous. You know? (laughs) Oh, it's okay to think less of Mexicans. Because the president does. And I'm not as shitty as this guy. I like my black neighbors. I go to their house for Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's (laughs) almost like a martyr. Like, I'm not as bad as this guy. Mm -hmm. He is... (laughs) The martyr. Yeah, he's the he's the racist Christ yeah. figure. Yeah. who suffers for all of our slob sins. Exactly. You Wait, know, he's and, racist, but he's friends with <laughs> he's friends with Kanye. Yeah, I think I also think that's why the GOP is so diehard in protecting him and defending him because they're just as racist as he is. Oh yeah, but he's he's their he's their fall guy. You know what I mean? They yeah. wanted to build the wall. Yeah. They wanted to do all that stuff. Yeah. But like Trump saying it is not Mitt Romney saying it. Right. And let's not let's not let's not forget. Mitt Romney perpetuated the birther. Movement. Sure. There's a speech where he was talking when he was running for president, he's talking to a whole bunch of people, and he's like, and you know, no one's asking for my birth certificate. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck this guy. You're yeah, a Mormon and- from Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like- but now People are heralding Mitt Romney as one of the like old school conservative, like one of the we need to get back to that. I'm like, fuck this guy too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I, I digress. I, I don't know if, if the policies will last as long as I think no, the policies are going hopefully to be not, gone. but the shame yeah. will stick with us for the a shame, long, the long shame time. Will which stick is with I think us. the worst part. Like yeah. I've never been less proud to be an American. Well uh, yeah. uh, than also, I am now. the things you learn as a child, uh, you learn irrationally. So there's no reason to it. Like that's why religion – like why – you want to have your kids learn religion little because yeah. then they it's hardwired into their brains to make the sign of the cross. When I it's, started losing my religion, I was like, yo, I believed this. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But, the, but like everything, you know, there's a reason that you have kids stand up and give a pledge of allegiance when they're little. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the long-term effects of, of whoever the president is is that that is a primary um, – like figure who's seen as a leader, as a role model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have little kids and I've go to schools and I teach these kids and they're like making build a wall jokes. And it's not because they believe any of this. Mm-hmm. It's because they are aping and mimicking yeah. the alpha male, uh, like monkey in our tribe. Yeah. So they put on their, their, the TV's on in their house and they're like, who's the apex predator. And it's this fucking orange faced dude. Who's like, yeah, you know, we got to build walls. Yeah. And they're like, that's, and they they think, okay, this is mainstream. Like he's in textbooks now. Mm. He's not. It's not like his presidency is going to be like erased. Yeah. So every 
every three-year-old to uh, 12-year-old is being hardwired to think that he's like a, a good dude. Yep. Regardless of what their parents say. Yeah. Oh, that's the The president. system says it. Yeah. The institution. When I was a kid, I thought... You, you know, can say this is a free, free, free space. You're yeah, a free man. Yeah, I'm a free man. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I thought the president was a saint. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. oh, that's the president. That's like, you know, yeah. We wouldn't put. He's like Captain America retired. Yeah, exactly. It's like old superhero. You know, yeah. just because he was held in such high regard, I'm standing up and putting my heart, hand over my heart, saying, you know, we pledge allegiance to the flag. You know, patriotism in America specifically is like. It's hammered into us, you know. Well, I was yeah. on a shoot one time with this guy, Paco. He's Italian. And he said, Quincy, uh, why do uh, Americans always have the flag, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you guys don't wave the Italian flag in Italy? He's like, no, that's stupid, you know? <laughs> I asked Yuki, my wife, who's Japanese, I asked her, um... Does Japan have, like, a Japanese dream? Like, we have the American dream? She was like, that's fucking... It's idiotic. Like, no, <laughs> there's no Japanese dream, you know? <laughs> yeah. But one thing that's interesting is, like, if you ask anyone from any background, any, like, belief, any anything, um, what the American dream is, they'll all say the same thing. You know? You ask someone in the KKK... What American values, American values is another big one. Like, you ask them what American values are important to them, they'll, just, they'll say the same thing that Dr. King said, They're that like, I say. Life, liberty, pursuit yeah, of happiness. Life, liberty, freedom of religion, you know? Yeah. And they'll, we'll all say the same thing. And I just now, I just recently, over the past couple of years or so, started thinking about this. Like, we all want the same, we all say we want the same things, but do we all want the same things for real? We're just programmed to say this stuff. You know what I mean? Patriotism, the American dream, uh, American values. What are they? Do you believe in them? Yes, I believe in them. Yes, you know? But then when you think about it, it's like, there are a lot of people who I know that were like, I don't want everyone to have the same, uh, different religions. I want everyone to have my religion. Sure. You know what I mean? I don't want freedom for all people because... Freedom for this person might mean less for me. Yeah, and it's my own freedom. Well, also, if we're all told we're special, and they give everybody the same stuff, then how can you prove that you're special? Yeah. It's called communism, right? Yeah. And (laughs) Americans want to be special. Anybody that doesn't want universal health care, I'm like, oh, you're just, you're like, I got mine. Yeah. Like, who cares who else is sick? I think that that's astonishing to me. (laughs) That's kind of how it works in this film too, though. Like you have such a, a patriotic, religious person mm-hmm. who believes in you know the system, yeah. essentially Mor- and morality. Now, you're right, you know? and now there's a crack in the system. He sees how flawed it kind of it is yeah. when the wheels of justice stop moving, mm-hmm. and he takes matters into his own hands. I'd say this though. Uh, I, I wrote down the monsters and I put it in bold. And every character in this movie, there is no evil person. Mm-hmm. There's no black and white evil person in this movie. They all have faith and they all are products of something happening that may that uh where they made a decision whether or not you agree with the decision Mm -hmm. they're all uh, trapped in the maze yeah and the maze is like their minds or finding a reason 
So you don't see Melissa Leo's character as as Melissa evil. Melissa Leo's the the aunt. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, there's a reason why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah, what was the see? This is where I I might have <laughs> so, missed it, but I didn't get, and I wrote down that I didn't get an explanation, which is one of the very few flaws in this film is mm. that aspect of it, like her character so, background. I'm glad you brought this up. Okay, perfect, um, because I'd love to. So uh, the when Hugh Jackman it towards like the climax of the film, uh-huh. Hugh Jackman goes to see her to like. When he finds out the f- this bitch took my daughter. The second time. Yeah, the second comes, time. He comes uh, yeah. packing. Right. Right. Um, when she is making him get down in that hole, mm-hmm. she explains to him why she's doing this. And it's because her and her husband, who he realizes the guy that was found dead in the preacher's basement. Right. Her and her husband had a son. And they were super religious. They had a son. The son was, he died of like cancer or something. That's like right. That. Mm-hmm. He died of cancer. And they lost their religion. They lost their faith. Right. But they still believed in God. And they didn't understand why God did this to them, did this to their little boy. So they waged a war against God mm-hmm. and against everyone else. If we can't have kids, you can't have kids. And that's why they started kidnapping. It almost, yeah. it was a very, it was a very spiteful. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's evil. You can call it. I I I, I don't. It's not chaos though. It's yeah. structured. It's, it's controlled. It's like yeah. It's it's evil, but we. This is. I'm sorry. I, I maybe the term gonna, evil isn't correct. Yeah, it's not great. It's, it's not. It's, it's well, not the best it's, thing. It's Absolutely not. Not her finest hour. It damages. <laughs> it damages other people. Mm-hmm. Right. It's per- perpetuating. Yeah. But how pain. is? I don't want to uh, jump on. Like we we're, we might have totally different takes on this, mm-hmm. Quincy. But it's like uh, a Puritan goes out there and says, "Well, I think dancing's wrong, mm-hmm. so I'm going to like stop everybody else in the community from doing it. And if you do, I'm going to put you in stocks right. and throw rocks at you, <laughs> like John yeah. or I'm going to burn you at the stake for like yep. uh, being a midwife because like women shouldn't help other women yeah. <laughs> give birth. Yeah, whatever they whatever the religion is, mm-hmm. and so uh, that belief system is." In a morally relative world, like this is, these these people are just the killers in this. The abductors mm-hmm. are religious zealots, yeah. Right? Who and that makes them no different than Puritans or anyone else who who fundamentalist in a fundamentalist yeah. way follows a religion. The interesting thing about the movie is when you realize that that's the reason why she's doing this. I'm hurting these families because God hurt me. Yeah, it makes Keller no better than her. Because this guy took my daughter. I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to take your son from you and torture him because he hurt me. They're the same. You see, you see what I'm saying? I see your point. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't necessarily view them on the same plane at all. Mm. Because I feel like he is to – to him, he honestly believes – he knows that Dano has the answers. That, yeah. You know. Alex Jones has the answer. He knows 100%. Uh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Yep. That one scene, you know, they didn't yep. smile until I left. They didn't cry until I left. Yeah. That was all he needed. That's yep. all any of us needed. That's all the audience needed. Yep. To begin to begin the process of justifying his behavior. Right. That's different to me than what she's doing. But in the same way that Keller knows, and I'm not trying to explain what she's doing. She's, right. What she's doing is horrible. You know? <laughs> right. It's, right. But uh, like <laughs> in the same way that Hugh Jackman knows knows that Paul Dano took his daughters. Yeah. That woman knows that God took her son. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to hurt 
God's children for hurting my son. It's just such, such a, a much more indirect way. And I mean, I understand. I think it's because it's kids. That's Correct. what that's what puts her, and she's done it more. Right. Um, I think that's what puts her over Hugh Jackman. You know what I mean? Right. And as someone who, we like we said before, like I, I lost my religion. That was an extremely traumatic experience for me because I didn't believe in God anymore, but I was still angry at God. You know what I mean? But at that point, it's so ingrained into, into, it's so ingrained. into your DNA at this and point. And to this day, I cannot take God's name in vain. You know what I'm saying? It's just good parents. I don't even believe... Yeah, <laughs> I have awesome parents. But I, there's this thing that I don't believe in, but I'm still very fearful of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I lost my religion officially when I was 30, but I started losing it when I was 27. And... It was traumatic, and I got angry at this thing that I didn't believe in anymore, as if it was real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Still. I got angry with it, because every decision that I, I was super Christian, every decision I made up until I was 27 years old was filtered through God, was filtered through the church, filtered through, filtered through prayer, filtered through all this stuff. And when I lost it, I was like, shit, what, what have I been doing? What haven't I been doing? Yeah. What relationships have I turned away from because I didn't think they were holy? What chances didn't I take because I didn't think that's what God wanted for me? What mistakes have I made that I I thought, oh, that's just a sign from God that this isn't for me? No, it was me. And I didn't take ownership of that stuff. I became very, very angry. I was furious. But at the, the thing that got me over was, oh, that means that all my triumphs were are mine, too. You know what I mean? Everything that I'm able to do, all, like I'm able to make music, I'm able to make movies, I'm able to write, I'm able to make art, that's because I, I'm doing it. Whereas before, anything good, it's not me, God's giving it to me. And anything bad, it's because it's either not for me, or I, I strayed from God. You know what I mean? And that, that confusion... Sent me to some very dark places. You know what I mean? And. Yeah, you started drawing mazes on walls. I started drawing mazes on walls. I kidnapped kids. <laughs> snakes and lockboxes. Yeah, snakes and lockboxes. <laughs> bloody clothes, clothes of bloody pig's blood, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, the, the, the places where my mind went were pretty dark. Sure. I didn't. I, I, the, I think the difference is I didn't want to hurt anyone else because of it. But I was thinking some pretty dark stuff. Sure. You know? So I can understand how feeling betrayed by God can turn you into a totally different person if you're not careful. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. But I also feel like some people handle it better than other people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, absolutely. So not, absolutely. You know, yeah. basically reciprocate all the pain and, and putting it on others. Like you're yeah. hurting other people. You're not hurting God. Yeah, yeah, ultimately. yeah. Ultimately, you're hurting these families. Yeah. Just like you were hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Evil may not be the right term for it. It's bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, it's, a, te- it's I, a terrible thing to do. It, She's clearly the villain. I mean, it's an evil thing. To, it, yeah. E- I think evil is the right Daniel She's, got, the, got she's the villain, but I guess what I wanted to get at was that um, these are not Marvel superhero villains. Like, it's no, not, of course. It's not like a bad guy who's like, I'm Skeletor, right. or like, I'm going to take <laughs> over the universe. <laughs> because I'm supposed to be bad. With the exception of Thanos. Thanos had a reason. <laughs> right. She's There's more like Thanos. Man. Yeah. So I think you're more like Thanos, yeah. What I think Gabe's going to say is you're, you're cause and effect. Like there's obviously a cause 
Right. Yeah, yeah something yeah. traumatic that happened to turn people. And it, it does. Yeah. yeah. You know? Because you see, like, you know, photos of her with her happy husband sure. wearing his little uh, ma- maze, maze on his neck. Yeah. And it's like, oh, these are hippies. Mm-hmm. And uh, hippie evangelicals that wasted uh, a decade of their lives in a car handing out pamphlets. Mm-hmm. And then their son gets cancer and they go, why? Why have you forsaken me, God? And There's at that no point, answer. they're like, okay, well, you know what? There's no answer. Fuck you, God. We're going to fucking be terrorists. Yeah. Because that's, they are. They're like ISIS. They're oh, just yeah, out there like, blow. It's the same thing as like, well, I'm going to go stand, I'm going to go walk into this market for God and blow everybody up. But it's that self-righteousness yeah. that I believe, again, with the religious elves, is like, they, like, I thought I thought we were good. I thought I was covered. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, I put yeah. twenty bucks and twenty bucks in the in the in the you know the plate. Yeah. Like, am I am I okay? Am I absolved? That's what's funny about Catholicism. It's like you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Just sit down and tell somebody about it. Yeah. Tell some dude in a box. Thing. Baptism <laughs> is the same thing. There's no confession, right. but it's like yeah, just ask forgiveness. You're good. I, you I think I lost ten percent of your earnings and all that. I, I you know I went to a Baptist. My grandfather actually founded a Baptist church in D.C. Wow. Next door to my parents' home. Wow. Which is crazy, right? So he disenfranchised from the church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like Sunday school twice twice on Sundays, 11 yeah. a.m., 6 p.m. I lost my religion pretty quickly thereafter, I feel yeah. like. Because it was just so – anything you shove into someone's face yeah, 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 and yeah. just – I think religion is a good cornerstone for like people to have as, as children because you're old enough to develop your own theories. Mm-hmm. Like you can mm-hmm. – there's some good lessons. I think the golden rule is the only religious, you know – thing that I believe in. Just yeah. treat everyone the same as you'd want to be treated. Yeah. I think that's what I took from Christianity mm-hmm. and that's the best part of it. Yeah. Like, but I feel like that's also, every religion has yeah. that same mantra. Well, what yeah. I like about Loki is that he's got that uh, salad bar approach. You're talking about Loki <laughs> the Norse god or Loki the character? The character. Oh, yeah. You know, he is... Uh, he's science. Yeah. Yes. And, but he also, his because his body's covered in all these tattoos, mm-hmm. you see that he has explored all of the different um faiths so he's worldly yeah it's like being worldly you know it's like uh i don't believe in anything right now however it's cool to be able to say hey you know that story about moses parting the red sea yeah yeah, yeah. and when i meet somebody that's like i don't know what what are you talking about (laughs) you mean you don't know fucking literature this is world literature you dummy like you you should know all of the christian um myths Mm -hmm. stories characters because they uh, are permeate every aspect of Western civilization. Yeah. Um, so to not know them is kind of like not knowing who Boba Fett is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you? Uh, what's wrong with you? Yeah, what's, what's I can wrong? honestly say that that is one name that I did not think I would hear at all today. <laughs> like, not even close. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. You're right. You're right. It's Although like, we did mention Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Game just stuck on that point. Yeah. Just Are y'all going to get Disney Plus? <laughs> nah, man. No, no, I don't need to see any Prince's Jafar sing a song. Like, I've already, I'm it's a so grown man, dude. There's so much more than that. Is there? Uh, yeah. No, it's all fine. It's fine. I like Darkwing Duck as much as the next guy. Uh, <laughs> More of a DuckTales cat myself. Yeah. yeah. Launchpad, I'm down. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so, should we, should we talk about. This movie's so good in the sense that it's just it's the script is great and obviously you have a director's mind when you when mm-hmm. you see it so like you know you're more critical than I am in certain things and if you like it as much I mean I just as like a layman movie viewer even though I co-host a podcast about <laughs> movies uh, I think it's the acting that drove this film I mean the acting and the yeah, questions yeah, yeah, yeah. that it asks are yeah. obviously great like, there are a lot of good crime dramas out there but the the special thing about this is film that, is like the attention to character correct. and the 
the acting. But I mean, who you have in this film, it's like there's three Oscar nominees. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, who is, I don't really, I don't know him well enough. I mean, I, I know his movies and I've never thought mm-hmm. that, like, he's like, a, you know, one of those guys who can sing and dance. He's, yeah. you know, the, the Hugh triple threat. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. yeah. But he was awesome. Oh, this, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He was, this is as good as I've ever seen him. Yep. Same. By far. So my perception of him changed with this film. Yeah. Viola Davis is an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. Terrence Howard's best role. They're, mm-hmm. they're, I, they're both Oscar nominees as well as yeah. Gyllenhaal. This is, I think Nightcrawler is still my f- favorite Gyllenhaal yeah. movie. I can get with that. I can get um, with that. But this is a close second. His character is so good, but so so sort of understated in the same time. Yeah. Like, but yeah. the choices that he was allowed to, like, allowed to make, I think, is saying a lot because directors don't typically... I think good directors will let you do that. Yeah. But that's what yeah. he let these people make these choices. When you talk to actors, like giving them space right. to to make the character their own mm-hmm. and help them find a find a connection to the character, like pulling from their life and putting their life into the onto the, the yeah. role. Like that's whenever whenever you hear that a director has done mm-hmm. that, then you watch that movie, it's usually the best. I read about something about Brad Pitt. About like, I've never thought that he was the most talented actor. He's really good. He's good, but yeah. you can't even tell how good he is because it's such a always like a subdued performance yeah, almost. Yeah. But I, I read something about the the research that he puts into his actual characters to every single character he does. Yeah. Like directors are kind of blown away by it. I didn't realize that. It's weird because I've never. You, it's never the acting with him. It's it's the fact that he the roles and the films he chooses are mm-hmm. always incredible. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of guy yeah. he is. I always thought he was just a smart... Like, in Cl- Clooney's the same way to me. It's mm-hmm. like, to a lesser extent, yeah. but, like, they pick the films that yeah. are great for reasons. And, and I think that society has done actors like that a disservice because when you watch a movie with Brad Pitt in it, it's, oh, are you going to go see the new Brad Pitt movie? Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, George, when you see George Clooney in a movie, that is... It's the Clooney movie. Um, it's the Clooney movie. Yeah. But that's uh, also that gives them the freedom to choose yeah, the projects they work exactly. on and make and get budgeting for projects yeah. that they want to see. There's some actors who I think uh, they <laughs> they pick movies where everything is bad so that they, <laughs> they look, look great. Yeah. <laughs> so an exa- I mean I don't know if this is true, but Nicolas Cage is awesome yeah, because Nicolas he's Cage always so but good. he's always the best thing in whatever movie he's yeah. in or the worst. But he makes the movie. So Nicolas Cage is interesting because what is he doing? Like paying off debt. Paying off debt. How many more movies does he have to make like that to pay off? What is what what debt does he have left? Like he's made so many of these movies. Like I had a, a dinosaur head. Like he bought dinosaur yeah, heads. Yeah, he's, he's bought some weird stuff. I read an article where he was like, "I'm really into stones," or some or some shit like that. You know what I mean? It's like. I yeah. want to hear which Gabe. Do you have a Do you have a role in mind? Well, I was just thinking that uh, I think it's also economics that does this because once you become a like a star in Hollywood, mm-hmm. your budget goes way up, and if your budget goes way up, then you can only have one star in a film, mm-hmm. and so the the system dictates that the yeah. movies become star vehicles. Mm-hmm. Even though my favorite films are the ones where it's an ensemble cast, yeah, because then you get to have all of these great actors playing off each other, mm-hmm. but. You only you typically only have the budget for one or two, yeah. like a leading man and a leading lady, and uh, like I think about every Tom every Tom Cruise movie yeah. since he makes them with his own studio. Yeah. Like my favorite Tom Cruise roles are uh, Magnolia and um, Tropic Thunder, mm. and I don't even like Tropic Thunder, <laughs> but I like him in it because you he's Tropic Thunder? it's fine. I, <laughs> look, we could talk about that movie later. Yeah. Whatever, it's just not it's not my cup of tea. I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad movie. 
but le- him as Les Grossman is so it's fucking so cool. Good. I didn't even know it was him. Oh, really? Until yeah. halfway through the movie, and I was like, like, that's fucking Tom Cruise. What would Tom Cruise's career been if he had not been a leading man and had been allowed to become this character actor? Because mm-hmm. he's funny. Because he can play in makeup. Yeah. He can play, and then also in Magnolia, he's not in that much of the film, but he's like the most important, to me, yeah. the character that makes the biggest impact. Yeah, he represents something that's like very powerful. And, uh, in, and, a ba- and in a good and bad way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's just this big avatar for hate in that yeah. film. But uh, like a lot of these big time actors, it's like early in their career where they don't have the name yet that they actually are. I think their films are interesting because they're playing not they're playing against type or mm-hmm. they're just cameos. Yeah. And then later in their career, once they're old. And then everyone's excited to have them come back and yeah, have yeah, a yeah. second or third act in their career that they make interesting choices again. Yeah, you're getting their most authentic selves. I think it's like yeah. the same thing with like why is every rapper's best record their first one? It's because yeah. they're young and hungry and committed to their craft. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whereas like Tom Cruise, after he freaked out publicly, probably couldn't got was not on a lot of lists to get he roles. Was, yeah. the fact that he had his production company, he was able to star in his yeah. own movies. That being said, like Tom Cruise's best work, I think we, we've. We'd like to think he's a, a friend of the podcast just because we've done so many <laughs> we've done like okay. seven Cruise Tom films. Cruise yeah. movies. Um, but, I mean, Rain Man to me was – he's so oh, much better wow. as a supporting role in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. You know? Although, That's like, he's valid. a likable – my dad always said, like, he's like, a guy can't act his way out of a wet paper bag, but I like his movies. Really? And that's kind of – I mean, he's – He's good. He's good. He's often overshadowed by better actors. His in, movies – I – in, you know – He's kind of astonished, but I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. Huge. I, I like the guy. I <laughs> Oblivion is amazing to me. <laughs> I fucking love Oblivion. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Give me time travel. Give me space. I'm in. Even you from like I mean? off camera things that he's done, like he saved a kid from a burning boat. He jumped out of his boat in the, in, on the Amalfi coast to save so somebody. Right? And nobody it sounds even just yeah, like Tom Cruise does his own stunts. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he's he got he directly was re- was directly responsible for lock, stock, and two smoking barrels getting really. Sunday. Yeah, so what? We, we did this film, Gabe and I, several weeks back. Yeah, we, and we love the movie, right? So he's friends with. They were having trouble getting funding because Guy Ritchie was a video director. Yeah, and, yeah you know, he'd done other stuff. This is his first feature. Like, and yeah. He was having trouble finding funding uh, internationally yeah. uh, to get the movie made. So Tom Cruise was good friends with Sting's wife, because all rich and famous people are friends with each other. There's like yeah. 70 of them. Yeah. Um, and he saw it, and he was like, I, I can't believe I got this film. And so he would actually go to screenings in front of other producers in Hollywood, and he would make his case. He'd be like, look, I can't buy this because for whatever reason. Yeah. You need to buy this film and have it made, because yeah. it's the best script I've read in 10 years. Wow. So that's how, like, it, it's awesome that people do stuff like that. Like, yeah, he yeah, actually yeah. seems as, as nutty and Scienti- Scientology based as he is. Mm-hmm. Seems like a good human being. Yeah, seems like Even if he believes in lizard gods that are coming, to, He's coming back. He's the most powerful man in Hollywood. So, <laughs> I, I have curious. nothing bad to say about Who Tom. Who is the most powerful? <laughs> I was curious to see which Rich Nick Cage role you had in your head when you said well, that. Well, I just feel like he makes, you know, he, he just makes. Uh, He's always the most watchable thing in his movies. Yeah, Agreed. that's right. Everything else, nothing else matters. You don't watch the movies for the plot. You don't watch the movies for the other actors. Yeah. Like Vampire's Kiss, he's amazing in it. Uh, that's great. Um, Ghost Rider, you can't watch Ghost Rider and be like, hell yeah, this plot is... <laughs> I couldn't here. watch that at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you're like, Nick Cage is dope. Whatever he's talking. Uh, what the Bad it? Lieutenant. Mandy? 
Mm-mm. Nick Cage's new movie, Mandy. Oh, Mandy's a fantastic. I haven't seen it. Wow. I hear like yeah. I hear it's amazing, and he's amazing. He's it. so role dependent to me that he can yeah. either be like, he can give you a performance that will blow you out of the like. My favorite Nick Cage movie actually is is uh, Matchstick Men. I, I love that oh, movie. I love Matchstick. It's Men. a great movie, and he's oh acting God. somebody for the first time. I think that's like. On, on his level. Yeah. When Sam Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah Who was yeah, perfect yeah. in that movie. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite Nick Cage. I mean, I also yeah. liked... We did Moonstruck. He was great. Yeah. Con yeah. Air, The Rock. I mean, he did Adaptation. such a... Adaptation. <laughs> Adaptation. He was Adaptation, awesome. Yeah. Leaving Las Vegas was a sad... Oh, a sad yeah. movie you can watch, but he was great. Yeah. When given the right opportunities, guys like that are incredible. I mean, he's a, he's a good actor. He's fun to watch. It's just like he really face goes off. hard. Face off. He's the best thing about face off. He's... It's 100% the best thing. The best part, yeah. like, not even that... The only time Travolta's even stomach, like you can stomach him, is when he's imitating Nick Cage's acting style. <laughs> when he's playing Nick Cage, it's the best time. Oh, it's so funny. Yuki can't stand to watch John Travolta movies. He's because he's because he's shitty not because of his acting, face. but like because of his face. She thinks his face is so big. <laughs> it is. It's just like a big face. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> she every time. She she can't do it. Like, turn it off. Turn it off. I now I'm just imagining the worst torture would be her waking up. And like she's duct taped to a lazy boy, you get faced off. Eyes are open to like Alex from Clockwork Orange, yeah. and you've just put Gotti on. <laughs> <laughs> We've done two Travolta movies now. Yeah, Have we, we done have. two? We've done. We did Saturday Night Fever and mm. the the, pre, the the sequel, um, Staying sequel. Alive. Yeah, yeah. The sequel to Saturday yeah. Night Fever. That was a Sly Stallone produced and written and directed film. Wow. <laughs> well. uh all right, guys, we're we're running out of time here yeah. on the podcast. I hope uh, this was good. I hope this was, was good. Great. So I, that's great. I'll start us off and say that uh, if you know this uh, movie is not every going to be everyone's cup of tea, uh, no. but if you like procedural crime yeah. and you like meditations on morality uh, and and per, a perfectly written film, yeah. this uh, I give this movie. Um, Ten out of ten Same. bloody children socks. <laughs> yeah, ten out of ten bloody children socks. Yeah, yeah. I give it ten red whistles. Yes, I'll give it ten. Uh, well, you t- we're all tens. Yeah. Damn, I'll give it ten snake-filled uh, lock, <laughs> lock boxes. <laughs> it's great, and and honestly, like we, this is, I think, the most we've ever strayed away from the movie in a discussion, mm. which I think is a testament to how good this movie is. I mean, yeah. we talked about huh. like it. It takes, it takes you so many different places. It, it really yeah. does, and it opens up discussions about things that are fun to talk yeah. to amongst a, a, a you know slightly similar-minded group of people. Yeah, because yeah, if yeah. you get, you can go off on a tangent here, yeah. but you know it's. Uh, and that's that. You're right. That is a testament to a good movie because when yeah. I when I write my stuff mm. and when I make my films, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to like, hey, the movie is about. It's not about like the thing that you see in the movie. It's about all this other stuff. Yeah. So when people talk about the movie, it takes them over here. You know. Absolutely. Uh, we, we talked about heavy hitting subject matter. Yeah. yeah. Before Nick Cage and Tom Cruise, yeah. we talked about religion, morality, <laughs> losing religion, which is even more important mm-hmm. to figure out where that comes from. But yeah. Um, did, Quincy, do you have any projects you'd like to talk about? Uh, I am editing my first feature right now. We just got finished shooting a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's called Elude the Dreamer. And it takes place in a world where mankind has been unable to dream for three decades. But a government agent finds a guy living in the project who has suddenly started dreaming. What? That sounds it's, fantastic. It's, if it's anything like yeah, the short, it's, man, that's going to be amazing. So yeah. excited for you. 
Yeah, thank you. Let's hope, yes, let's hope it comes out fantastic. <laughs> so far, so good. Though. I have I like no doubts. Yeah, I like it a lot. And uh, if people are going to find you right now, where can they look? Uh, I live in Brooklyn. No. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Just give me your address. No, you can I'll, meet your lovely, yeah, my wife. Your lovely wife. Come, come hang out. Yeah, watch Gotti with us. Yeah. <laughs> Battleship Earth. Uh, no, I'm on I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle on Instagram is at Q Ledbetter, Q L E D B E T T E R, and my website QLedbetter.com. All right, everybody. Hey, leave us a review. Give us a five star rating. Here at Eat, Pray, Judge, we come out every week with a new movie and a spicy new guest. This week's guest, Quincy Ledbetter. Spicy. Thank you it. so much, man, for coming oh, out for and me. being on the show with us. I'm Gabe Pacheco. You can find me at GabePacheco.com. And uh, every Wednesday night at Pete's Can... No, wait. <laughs> That's the old place, man. Every Wednesday night at Cantina Royal. Come out and check out free stand-up comedy at 9 p.m. show. All Sam, right. you got anything for us? I would like uh, to just stress that you uh, rate, review, and subscribe when you listen. Follow us on our Instagram page, on our Twitter page, on all social media. Awesome. All right, guys. See you next week. We love you. Bye. This is our show, my love. I'm ready to get my mind.